Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, We were joined by someone we hadn't seen in the flesh since the pandemic. He's a regular guest over the years. It's comedian Andy Parsons, of course, a stalwart for many years on Mockingwood. Very funny stand-up. Loves Mm. his cricket. So it was a good day to get him in. So uh, Andy joined us. Stan Collymore was on great form, an original take on a lot of yes. interesting stories from the week's news Stan brought us. So he liked his views on Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, very interesting. It might upset the Arsenal fans, but hear him out. And um, we had a chat, of course, about various things. We discussed Erling Haaland doing something that I've always quite fancied doing, and that's not winning the treble, although that would be a bonus if, from a Tottenham point of view. But anyway, here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. May I start by apologising to all England cricket fans. We were just about to come into the studio and I said to our producer, John, mm. it's got to be the last over before lunch. He said, yeah, almost certainly. I said, just not lose a wicket, eh? Yeah. And Crawley's gone. And it's just tipped the balance. You felt two wickets down. The, it was an even morning. That third oh, wicket, though. I thought it was England's morning until that wicket yeah. because they scored very quickly. 124 on the first morning. Yeah. It's incredible. But three. if you'd said to Australia... You know, three wickets this morning, they go, yeah, I'll take I'll buy your own hand off for that. And yeah. if they lose three wickets in the next session, Australia will be well on top. So England need a partnership now. They need a stand, otherwise they're not going to make yeah. sort of the 400 that you need. And it was it was taking shape. Root was playing well. Crawley had his eye in. Yeah, they're all, looking good. We're all set it, fair, it, weren't yeah. we? And it's a great pitch, but there has been some encouragement for the bowlers. And, uh, you know, it's a great scoring rate, but only Duckett really got out sort of playing an attacking shot. The other two were got out by good balls. And yeah. so you can't really say too much about that. It's fascinating cricket. No, it's great. It's going to be watch. like this for the next six weeks. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah. So, and look, have, as we said, we're going to have a chat with Harmy. He's going to pop in and see us. Uh, and uh, Mark Nichols will join us from Edgbaston as well. We'll get their take on what's gone on. It's good. Um, yeah. So uh, Glenn said, McGrath predictably predicted five. Predictably, yeah. Predictably, predictably predicted. predicted. He certainly has. He's gone. <laughs> I think he does it. It's just like <laughs> it's a panto act now, isn't it? It is a it panto is. act. Uh, talking of predictions, the Daily Star have predicted killer heat waves by the year 2100. Okay. Temperatures of over 41 in 2080. I was thinking that's great. They can't even get the weather right for this week. <laughs> With respect, Andy, you'll be all right. Don't worry about it. I wouldn't buy. Go and buy any budgie smugglers. You're going to be okay, mate. And probably I will as well. Um, yeah, unless unless I get cryogenically frozen. I told you. Remember years ago, I told you about that. I, a girl I used to work with. Um, she uh, she said, uh, oh, my husband's got a new job. 
Mm. Don't know, yeah. She says he <coughs> he me. works in he works in uh, cryogenics. He was oh, a yeah. bit of a boffin. Said, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And he's like, like freezing. He said, yeah, that's right, freezing people, and just hoping one day the technology catches up to unfreeze them and they can carry yeah. on living their best life. <laughs> So uh, she said, uh, she said, oh, yes, it's very well paid and uh, yeah. it has to a fair bit of travel and stuff and um, both of us get frozen when we die. It's amazing. That was part, it's better than yeah. luncheon vouchers, isn't it? Remember you, those kids? You get unfrozen, the city is still winning everything. <laughs> so it's a... That's right. <laughs> Tremendous. It's a, it's a pension. It's, uh, yeah, five weeks holiday pension, obviously. Uh, you, um, you get health insurance and we'll freeze you when you're dead. We'll bring you back in 100 years' time. You and Walt Disney, you'll be big mates. <laughs> making films together. <laughs> It'd be marvellous. Yeah. John was telling us, the producer, that uh, people were complaining about the pitch mm. on social media. Honestly, if you're complaining Aussies about... Aussies were complaining about well, the I don't pitch. Know who they thought it was a bit dormant. That's when they hadn't got any wickets. <laughs> yeah. so. If you're complaining about this pitch, you should give up watching cricket and come back in six weeks' time because that was a great morning's cricket. Yeah. Whatever way you look at it. You see Tyson Fury's new drive. I did see that, yeah. It's quite understated, isn't yeah, it? I mean, if you're flying over his place in an yeah. aeroplane, you're sort of landing at the airport near Manchester Airport or whatever, yeah. you're going to know lives there, aren't you? It's not great for resale, is it, really? It's going to want to buy that. What's it? It's, I mean, it looks a very nice I house. I suppose you could always yeah, put a bit of tarpaulin yeah, over it. Now, um, mm. those little things you've always wanted to try, I don't mean the big things, the big bucket lists of always what, Niagara Falls and a barrel and all that. Swimming I'm talking about the, yeah, the little things. Um, because you probably saw Erling Haaland as part of all their mm. post-treble festivities. They had a good party, and there was an ice cream van there servicing the Manchester City fans who'd gone along. And Erling fancied, he fancied an ice cream, fancied a slushy. Yeah. So he went along, and he tried to get one. The guy said he was closed, apparently. But he said, well, I'll, I'll open for you. Don't worry about it. And he had to be told who he was. That's right. And then yeah. he said, can I, he said, you know, can I get in with you? He said, yeah, of course. So, A, to get in and I, to have that point of view, that ice cream yeah. van point of view, we've all looked up at the man in the ice cream van, but how many yeah. of us can say we've looked down on the customers? Surely he didn't fit the window, though. He's so big. Well, it wouldn't have, it's, it's not the perfect, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be the perfect job for him. Richard Osman will never be an ice cream man. <laughs> Crouchy will never be an ice cream man for obvious reasons. Well, he don't need to be, really. He no. made a fortune out of publishing and football. <clears throat> <clears throat> um, Excuse me. But the reason I bring this up is they let him have a go, taking using the ice cream yeah. machine. And I thought to myself, I'd quite like to do that. That's one of those little things I'd oh, quite okay. like to do. It's just it's not a big thing, it's just oh, a little okay, thing that I'd yeah. quite like to do. So if you want to share some of those with the class uh, this afternoon, just tell us about those little things you've always quite quite doable. But I mean it's how do, how do I go about that? If I go to an ice cream van one day and say two ninety nines, please, mate. But do you mind if I do them myself? Because self service ice cream. It's not the same when you're in. Who used to have one? Nando's, didn't they? Didn't have an ice cream machine like that? Am I going mad? You can get what, your Nando's. Yeah, some so one of the high street shops oh, had maybe, one where yeah, you could yeah. pull up you know, sort yeah, of your own not ice cream. Thing, it's it? not. Is it? It's not yeah. like getting in the van. There's been a flake shortage though, you know. Has there really? Oh yeah, apparently. Wow. Okay. Well, more on that later. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You can't take your eyes off this no, test match, which is awkward when you're trying to do a radio show. <laughs> At least it's a sports a wicket, radio yeah. show. Brad Brooks I feel for Ian Collins today on Talk Radio. He'll be watching this. Yeah. It's um, a life for Harry Brook, who's, who's really started to go after the Aussies. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, when he could have been caught. It, it, it looked place. like it hadn't carried, did it? No, but, but it, it was did, an actual it did drop, carry. wasn't it? it was a drop. Travis Head got under yeah. it but and got it in his hands, but... I think in going down on the ground, he sort of bumped his elbows and the ball came out of his hands. So a life mm. for Harry Brook. Uh, England are 159 for three. Brook on 25 from 21 balls. Root 
uh, on 29 uh, after 33 overs and we'll uh, head back to John Norman when we can but it is pretty enthralling stuff at the moment we will keep you in touch with it this afternoon mm. um, I mentioned earlier on uh, Erling Haaland did one of those things I've always quite fancied doing and that was uh, making myself my own ice cream, but from an ice cream van. It's yeah. a little thing. I said, yeah. I was asking you about the little things you've always <laughs> quite fancied doing. It hasn't, it hasn't got to be one of these. It's not your bucket list. It's not it? on your bucket list. It's just a, <laughs> something that would be a, just a bit of fun if the, if the chance came along. Yeah. Which is when Mark in London got in touch and said, I own an ice cream factory in Hackney, and if Paul wants to come along and have a go in a van, he can. I think it needs to be a touch more. It's mm. a lovely offer, Mark. I thank you for it. It's like if I were passing one of your vans <laughs> and you said, oh, it's Paul, let him come and do it he's always wanted to do it then it would feel right but if I come down to a fa- I make a big deal of it and all mm. I do is basically pull a handle I'm going to feel a bit of a burk which doesn't take much uh, uh, Mick Sully's been in touch mm. he said when visiting airports I often feel like I'd like to have a go at driving the old golf type buggies you know that get people on the oh, yeah, plane yeah. that, oh, that yeah. have trouble walking yeah, mobility you know the it's ones that ferry older people about I've never said this out loud though well Mick it's out there now <laughs> but I wouldn't nick one because you'd be wrestled to the ground by police <laughs> so don't do it when you're next to the you could ask one of the staff but I don't think you're going to have much joy or just go and have a go on a golf buggy but it's not not the same, is it? No. It's not if on a golf course it's one thing, but if you've got the chance mm. to look in a quite surly manner at a lot of <laughs> other people as you try and attempt to knock them out, <laughs> like you get what's, that. What's the name of that? Oh, God, I forgot because I always wanted to be one of these, and I forgot what they're called now. They they they're at weddings and they announce people and they uh, master of ceremonies, master of MC, master of ceremonies. So oh. you'd like to be that one that says yeah. Lord and, and Lady. Le- I always wanted to do that, and uh, I once took a, a stole. A pair of MC's white gloves. <laughs> I don't know why I did it. I was at a wedding. It must have been slightly worse for wear, but I, I saw them lying about. I thought, I'll have those. Were you looking for a career as a snooker referee or something? <laughs> I've no idea. It was a long time ago. So you, t- you nicked a pair of the MC's gloves? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I hope you had another pair. They were pen. like inners, really. Yeah. <laughs> but is that what you wanted them for? <laughs> yeah, wicket keepers. Yeah, for wicket keeping, that's why. So did you, th- yeah. did you feel you needed the gloves? Did well, you practice you, at home? You need a red jacket and the yeah. gloves, yeah. You can't do it without either. You've got to have right. both, yeah. Yeah, this is the infamous story, which is basically... Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I, well, if, honestly, if Larry David and, and Jerry Seinfeld had heard it, it would have been a plot story. for George Costanza. <laughs> Andy turns up at a wedding, and everybody in front... This is so Andy, as it would be so George Costanza in Seinfeld. But he turns up at a wedding, and everybody in front of him's Lord this and Lady that, mm-hmm. some society do. Mm. So w- when they say, name, sir, the MC, maybe the one whose gloves he nicked that night, when he says, um, name, sir, he just says... Doctor and Mrs. Jacobs to make yourself sound important. Sound important Doctor and yeah. Mrs. Jacobs. What happens as soon as you On say cue, that? On cue, the bride fainted. <laughs> Everyone turns to me and I went, I'm not a medical doctor. <laughs> Yeah. Quick thinking, you've got to admit. It's the marine biologist <laughs> plot from Seinfeld all over again, isn't it? Fantastic. That is quick thinking. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a true story. But you've got to get it right, though. My old mate Sean Singleton, I sit with at Spurs, mm. uh, he said, the MC said, name, sir? And he said, Mr. Sean Singleton. Mm. And the guy said, Mr. Paul Pingleton. <laughs> it made him sound like a right idiot, didn't it? Well, He's called Paul Pingleton. How did you get Paul Pingleton from Sean Singleton? <laughs> it takes him doing. So it's, uh, anyway, one of those little things you've always fa- fancied having a go at. Little things you fancied having a go at. Not the big things, just the, just the little things like that. Having a go in the golf trolley at the airport. Point, doing your own ice cream from the van like Erling Haaland. Talking, I love it when people get people's names wrong. It's just, yeah. I find it very funny for some reason. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
back to Edgbaston. Give you an update on uh, the first Ashes test. John Norman. Oh. I tell you what, uh, I've seen some sights uh, and uh, essentially Australia just seem to be buckling a little bit. Um, 170 for three. Sorry, I'll be with him in a second. 170 for three. Got Harry Brook, who's playing in his first Ashes Test match, and he's just setting upon the Aussies. He's 29 from 27, but he's been dropped. Uh, a short mm. wide delivery from uh, Scott Boland, uppercut to deep third, where Travis Head, running in from the uh, boundary, got two hands to the chance, um, but spilt it. Uh, not the first misfield from Travis Head today. Mm. Uh, at the other end, Joe Root, at 35, he's just pulled out a sumptuous um, off-drive from a, an over-pitch delivery from Josh Hazelwood. So uh, so England are, uh, are clicking along, really. Australia, who were uh, walked off the happier of the two sides when Zach Crawley was dismissed to the final ball of the morning session. Crawley would depart here for 61. Suddenly look a little bit all over the place. So uh, long may that continue. Nathan Lyon operating at one end. Uh, Josh Hazelwood at the other. The one change from Australia's winning uh, World Test Championship final against India last week. But their catching, which wasn't great at the Oval, well, that continues to be the case here at Edgbaston. The crowd are loving it. 171 for three, England. Thanks, John. Yeah, 46 yeah. runs from 50 balls, this partnership. And he's, he's rattled head, isn't he? You can yeah. tell he's getting rattled out there. So well, uh, They're getting heckled. Yeah, they certainly are. They're going for it, the Edgbaston crowd. They're always good value, so they're on their case. Um, we're delighted to say, joining us in the studio, haven't seen it, he's a regular guest on the show, make, makes at least one visit a year over the years. But uh, because of lockdown, which seemed to obviously stall us all, understandably, we haven't seen him in the flesh for a good three years. It is comedian Andy Parsons. Lovely to see you, Andy. L- lovely to be here. And w- what a wonderful time to come with uh, England 173 for three. Yeah, it's marvellous. <laughs> all on the big screens. It's, uh, you know, it's been lovely. And you love your cricket. We've talked cricket with you when you've been out in Australia as well. Yeah, no, we? I, was, I was due to go on Sunday, but my wife, uh, my wife is... Um, Got some paddleboarding that she's she's away for the weekend, so right. I'm, I'm on kiddie duty. But I shall be I shall be watching it, oh, supporting yeah. from afar. Absolutely. But no, Edgbaston at the moment, it's going to be fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Twenty seven degree heat, lots of beer snakes, and Travis Head mucking up left, right, and centre. It's going to be he's <laughs> going to be getting an absolute earful on that boundary rope. It is great. I went to a Champions Trophy one day in England, Australia, a few years back, about five six years ago, and the atmosphere when they get into the Aussies, when England are on top, and Edgbaston gets going. The Holly stand gets going. I mean, it is. It your, is. Your son encouraged you to overdrink that. Yeah, day, <laughs> yeah. You saw us. <laughs> you blaming your son? Now. Is that what it's come to? You saw it? us at the start of the day, and um, and but at the end of the day, we were we were in. Bits, how, how was your son? Uh, he was also in bits. He, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's Dad was in no state to no, judge. But. No, that was very true. Yeah. Uh, so, Andy, you are you're on tour. You were, uh, your last tour um, was rudely interrupted by the pandemic. Yeah. Healing the Nation, a, a, yeah. a tour that obviously mm. lived up to its billing. Um, <laughs> interrupted by a pandemic, the first <laughs> pandemic in 100 years, and now it's baffling the optimistic. So what could go wrong? Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, baffling the optimistic. I do, I mean, it's... it's I noticed on your first gig on this tour, September Wednesday, Wednesday the 20th of September, Barnard Castle. That's Barnard yeah. Castle. That's, That's it. Like. Start, start with a, a, a comedy place, but Barnard <laughs> Castle will be going, they'll be furious that, you know, they've now known for Dominic Cummings. Yeah. And, uh, it's but true. yes, it's, it's, true. it's actually a really lovely venue up there. And uh, so, you know, it'd be a nice place to start. And yeah. uh, I did it on the last tour and it, it was great fun. But yes, lots of eyesight jokes when the, yeah. the tour list yeah. was, um, was announced. <laughs> so they're Barnard Castle on the 20th, Thursday the 21st, 
first Durham, that nice short run. Hull, and not Durham, so bad. Durham, Durham's venue is, is lovely as well, yeah, and the Hull God. one is as well. So yeah, and then you th- and then there's that short hop after you've done Barnard Castle, Durham Hull, the short hop to Herne Bay. Yeah. Herne Bay. Oh, that's the following week. You've got a week to yeah, get no, there. I've got, yeah, I think you could walk you know, in there. At the we, sort of two, three week, it's lovely, isn't it? You know, yeah. Just keep it nice. None of this uh, having to work too hard seven mm. days a week. And uh, it's a bit like you boys being able to talk to me and watch the cricket. And mostly, watch the so. cricket at the same yeah. time, yeah. yeah. We've both seen you live. We're, we're both fans and it's always a good night out. So we do encourage people to go Yeah, along. no, it's excellent. Mm. I'm, I'm off to the Edinburgh Festival. First time I've, I've did 17 full runs. So 17 consecutive Edinburgh festivals. And then I haven't been for 17 years. So first time back. So Were you due to go, obviously, that? the year of the wow. pandemic? Or? Uh, no, no, I've not been due to go. 2006 was the last time I did full run at oh, Edinburgh. Right, okay. So yeah, So kids have intervened and all the rest of it uh, but now obviously they're growing up a little bit so uh, where are you so playing Andy? I'm doing the Pleasants in Edinburgh so yeah two weeks in Edinburgh the last nice. two weeks and uh, what time are you on? 7pm so, oh nice but the Pleasants, Pleasants Cabaret Bar is a really lovely venue oh yeah, so yeah. Nice yeah. Venue, yeah. yeah. fantastic so but people can come catch you on tour uh, what have you been up to otherwise? Well, largely getting excited about the Ashes. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, it's all good. I've got tickets for the Oval. So, uh, and Mr. Zaltzman, of course, now. Yes. Yeah, so we're gonna, we've arranged to have a little bit of lunch when when I go along. So, no, it'd be lovely. It's it's fantastic. I mean, mm. no, no, it's, uh, it, it, we, we don't, uh, he is the voice, he is the statistician, of course. On, he's taking on, mad on stats TMS. in a new direction. And I'm glad they're using him. Because they were just using really him for good. T20s, yeah. but he's fantastic at it. He's so good at well, it. he brings he just, a bit more. It, he just he? brings it. He brings it to life. He's funny with it. He's just. I mean, he, he makes he makes stats interesting, and that's not always easy to do. No, fabulous. And yeah. uh, you know, he's obviously you know with this record-breaking uh, eleven out of thirteen Test wins and getting to X number of runs quicker than any other side or whatever. Yeah. You know, he's got loads of new stats to play with. So what fun! Well, that the, the stat this morning, the first two um, the openers, fours off the first two openers in an Ashes mm. Test had never happened. Before never happened there, ever. There so we go. But yeah, you know, that's the ball. advantage of being able to have all these machines now that can crunch these things. There was a slightly dull one, yeah. which was um, Johnny Bairstow only needs something like twenty-two runs to get five. <laughs> 500 edge bastard. I was thinking, well, I don't think anybody really needs to know <laughs> yeah, that, do they? Do really they? Celebrate you're, right, you're right, Andy. Back in the days, he would have had just piles and piles of wisdom, wouldn't you? And everything, yeah. and just and raw knowledge and lots and lots of well, books. John Watson, I mean, that's sort of what he did, didn't he? He used to spend days, you know, now you yeah. can just quickly tap it in. And the commentators all do that thing, yeah. don't they, Clive, in these charts. Yeah, they there. have this, there's, I mean, the kind of tiny, tiny little bits of And writing. they try and tick them off, but, they, you know, again, some, mm. somebody should have gone through our for them before and yeah. that's really that's uninteresting yeah. <laughs> yeah. it is a fact it may well and be also, true, when you've got them you, you feel the yeah. need to shoehorn them in well, yeah. that's I thing. talked to Motti about God rest his soul I did chat to him about that and he said it was almost like backup you know the best your best commentaries when he when he thinks back to his favourite commentaries when he thought back to his favourite commentaries he often said he'd hardly used any of that yeah. you know because, but it was just there in case he needed it but there it. are some commentators and that's all they do and you can almost hear the pen going right I've said that I've said that you can hear them scratching it off their list as they've, they've gone through and they, they're gradually do you know um, the groundsman the last time he cut the grass this short and you're going wow yeah. come on mate <laughs> yeah. well, there are some sports that just lend and I mean cricket is one baseball is another isn't it well you need something with cricket because there's so long between overs and there's often yeah. rain breaks and stuff like that you know? I mean there's, no, there's very few equivalents of people going along to watch a, any other sport where you take the scorebook along you're basically working <laughs> a bit ridiculous you sit there, football. yeah you just sit there all <laughs> afternoon you sort of go 
go to a eating sort of, tea. Yeah, just yeah, that's right. Stopping for tea. I mean, it's great, isn't it? You go off. It'd be great. Civilized. Last fifteen minutes of a football match, if we went off and had a cake. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> Why just, not? And a little cup of tea. Yeah. Be good. Footballers drinking cups of tea. I mean, does that? I wonder if that still well, there goes was, on. Was, a, was it the '86 World Cup where England experimented um, with drinking cups of tea? And the theory is now that it doesn't. The idea was that you sweat more, yeah, and, and therefore that reduces your temperature and is a good thing. And England decided to do this. Of course, we, it didn't work out as well as it might have done. Um, Kevin Keegan had too many cups of tea, or whatever it, it might have been. Yeah. But now the theory is that that's absolute rubbish, and that's not what you should do because you don't want to oversweat because it obviously all of your important salts come out and all. The rest of it. Yeah, what about that? Very scientific. Yeah, scientific. No. <laughs> now, I know. Now, I know it's not the the thing that will be vexing him quite as much as everything else that's going on in his life at the moment. But um, one thing I've always had a, a bit of a problem with is is Boris Johnson's self styled running outfits oh, yeah. that he makes it look like he got dressed in the dark, but it's so clearly incredibly cultivated. Never run more than fifty meters. Do you think he just? Estimation. I think he just runs round the corner, and one of the one of his people just then drive him back to the rear entrance. Do you think he actually goes, there's no visible signs that it's doing him any good? But there was there was some pictures with him less than his running kit on, weren't there? Mm. He'd, he'd got his top off on the, a private beach and some some paparazzi. I'd much rather he had his running kit on than yeah. the ones with, with it, <laughs> but the top it's, off. It's the, it's the Bermuda shorts, the crag hoppers, fawn mm. fleece, isn't it? It's the, he just it, doesn't look like a runner. Well, it, it's, I don't know, I just think it's he's well, put more effort into that than he probably has. Has quite a lot of other things he's done. Yeah, but he's using a bandana at times, isn't it? But yeah. it's basically I want to get people talking. If I've yeah. got people talking about me, I'm doing something right. Now maybe he's now reached the absolute limit of what's going on there. Oh. It, it, yeah, no, that's it. You're not. It's nothing to do with my comment. You're now watching the sport, aren't you? Well, you've um, seen that we've we've lost a wicket. I'm very aware that we have to return to Edgbaston. Let's find out if John Norman is available yet. Um, we have lost a wicket, uh, John. We have, we have, and it's a huge slice of fortune that has gone the way of Australia. Uh, it's Nathan Lyon with the breakthrough. Essentially, oh, it's Harry Brook, and he's play, trying to play the ball to the leg side. He misses the ball, and it cannons up off his thigh pad, up into the air. Now, as it travels in the air, it seems to be heading towards the wicketkeeper, Alex Carey, who actually loses the flight of the ball. He doesn't know where the ball's gone. There's a huge shout for catch. Brooke, I think Brooke, who knows he hasn't hit it, is quite happy just to hold his pose. He holds his position. But what he doesn't realise is, is that the ball isn't heading towards the wicketkeeper. It's actually heading up and then down behind the batter and then onto the stumps. I've not seen a dismissal like that. I doubt Harry Brooke will ever get out like that again. Uh, but Australia have struck. Their first success in an entertaining uh, session of cricket. Uh, but it's uh, gone Australia's way on this occasion. Brooks got to go. Stokes a new batter. England 175 for four. I think it actually came yeah. off Brook again. Yeah, it did. Hit we him just, again, then onto the We stumps. just can't get away from them. You know, every time it looks like they're panicking and we're going to get away and they've taken a wicket. They've taken wickets at just the right time every time. Yeah. And so they're well in the game, you know, which is a bit annoying. But that's Skip the way is in now. You're being bafflingly optimistic on the tour, uh, Andy, but um, I, I mean. It, I'm the, happy to be baffling optimistic at 175 yeah. for four, to be honest. <laughs> you know. um, I mean, I, I, politics going to play its part. I imagine that will be uh, pretty front and centre. It's, it's, it's been pretty lively yeah, yeah, recently, it, hasn't it, it? You know, we've obviously, it's been a difficult time with, mm. uh, you know, the four horsemen in terms of uh, disease and death and war and cost of living crisis. And, yeah. uh, you know, but. 
you know, we, that's sort of, you know, 99% of the show. And then just a little uplift at the end for the optimism, just to make sure people go away happy. Oh, that's, yeah. oh, that's good. Yeah. You can end yeah. with a song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. It's all death and destruction, but yeah. I'd like to leave you with green sleeves. So uh, our tickets <laughs> tickets on sale now. Yes, yeah, yeah we're, we're on sale, and uh, yeah, no, it's uh, we'll, we'll be around the country after doing Edinburgh. So uh, yeah, yeah, and um, there, there will be more in the new year. So uh, if we're not coming to your favourite venue that you've been to before, then uh, hopefully it'll be on the list. AndyParsons.co.uk, the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, we speak to Stan Collie more let's head back to Edgbaston. And the bad news is, John. He's gone. Stokes has been uh, caught behind. Uh, he's got to depart for one. That's the way I play. I think uh, we're going to be hearing that quite a lot uh, over the next six weeks. Duckett went earlier today with an, <coughs> an aggressive shot. Stokes has gone early. Um, he could have been dismissed. Third ball on the reverse sweep to Nathan Lyon. The ball could have cannoned back onto the stumps. It didn't, but uh, this is it. Getting on the front foot and trying to play your shots. There's a man just uh, a few yards to the right of me, Kevin Peterson, looking on. He's working for Sky throughout the series. Um, how he would have loved to be playing for this uh, Ben Stokes England side. But uh, Stokes, unfortunately, has not paid off today. Big cheer for Johnny Bairstow. And England, of course, do back down to eight. But in a blink of an eye, they've gone from 175 uh, for three to 176 for five. 250 all out, John, I'm afraid. <laughs> Blue what square within five years. No, no, that is, that, is, that, that is the problem with this. It's great. They score really quickly. But in the end, if you lose wickets, you know, have we got anybody that can do what Smith and Labuschagne that put on 150 and just wear the bowling down? That is the problem. It's the risk with this. It's great to watch. It can yeah. come off. Yeah. Fantastic if it does. Well, it's still my Andy. Well, We've still, still got might. a lot of batting in us. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, we speak to Stan Collymore. Let's head back to Edgbaston. And the bad news is, John, he's gone. Stokes has been uh, caught behind. Uh, he's got to depart for one. That's the way I play. I think uh, we're going to be hearing that quite a lot uh, over the next six weeks. Duckett went earlier today with an, <coughs> an aggressive shot. Stokes has gone early. 
Um, he could have been dismissed. Third ball on the reverse sweep to Nathan Lyon. The ball could have cannoned back onto the stumps. It didn't, but uh, this is it. Getting on the front foot and trying to play your shots. There's a man just uh, a few yards to the right of me, Kevin Peterson, looking on. He's working for Sky throughout the series. Um, how he would have loved to be playing for this uh, Ben Stokes England side. But uh, Stokes, unfortunately, has not paid off today. Big cheer for Johnny Bairstow. And England, of course, do back down to eight. But in a blink of an eye, they've gone from 175 uh, for three to 176 for five. 250 all out, John, I'm afraid. <laughs> Blue square within five years. No, no, that, 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 that is the problem with this. It's great. They score really quickly. But in the end, if you lose wickets, you know, have we got anybody that can do what Smith and Labuschagne that put on 150 and just wear the bowling down? That is the problem. It's the risk with this. It's great to watch. It can yeah. come off. Yeah. Fantastic if it does. Well, it's but, still might, Andy. Well, We've still, still got might. a lot of batting in us. Well, yes. OK, well, let's see what happens. John, thank you. Back to John later on. We're going to turn to football now because we've got an England game tonight. There's been some interesting stories throughout the week. And uh, here with his take on those is Stan Collymore. Hi, Stan. Paul Andy, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer after the Ben Stokes dismissal, but um, <laughs> you pays your money, you takes your choice, don't you? Andy just got hit the nail on the head there. It's exactly the same as Pep Guardiola's philosophy with football, is that you play at the back, you take risks, and the rewards are there. But when it doesn't work, it blows up in your face. Yeah, that yeah. is very true. Now, we're going to talk a bit of England. Mm. Um, before we come on to the game and your thoughts on that, we're going to talk a bit about Jack Grealish. You know Jack a bit from uh, Villa, of course. Um, he's had quite the week. He's been front and centre. He's been, a, you know, page four and five of the tabloids uh, early part of the week. What, what have you made? It was interesting, Gareth, saying, uh, what's the phrase he used? He said, there is a line, um, which was quite interesting. Mm. Um, he said, but in our heads, we weren't thinking of including the City players. Um, what have you made of it this week? Yeah, I mean, I've uh, many times have sent Jack sort of messages and through, you know, some of the stuff he, he, he got up to during COVID, which was well reported. I care about him. I care about his family. But reason why he's very simple, similar kind of family, similar uh, neck of the woods, both Villa fans. I think his great, great granddad played for Villa in the, in the late 19th century. So um had a, a couple of lovely messages from his family over the years for the messages that I've sent him because I've been there and done it. Been a British record transfer, had loads of angers on, been out on the town, got into trouble for it. So I'm just worried for him as a kid. And I think that it, it opens up a greater debate about um, the English, the British, the way that we celebrate compared to other countries. Now, I know that sort of Edison, I think, was talking about sort of um, Ruben Diaz and he was sick in Jack Grealish's mom's bag. So it's not exclusive to being British or to be English. But I think that with Jack, needs to be a little bit careful of painting himself into this Jack the Lad corner. You only have to go back all the way to Best and to Merson and to Gascoigne and to other people to know that alcohol and sport, particularly in a modern sense, isn't the fit that it used to be. And I just worry, he's not going to be a professional footballer forever. Um, I worry about the people that hang off him and hang around him. And I worry for the fact that I saw the, the presser, Gareth's presser, and asked about it. And one of the journalists, first question, straight in. And she said, um, will you be having a word with Jack Grealish and say, uh, will you be saying to him, can you stop the partying, please? And I think that when it's framed like that, and when fans that are listening now on, on the show and going, come on, Stan, stop being a curmudgeon. 
you know, I'm a, I'm a plumber, I'm a doctor, I'm a nurse, whatever. I go out on the lashing in Germany and say, nobody cares. Nobody cares what the vast majority of us do. The vast majority of newspapers and media outlets care what Jack Grealish does. And my only concern for him is as a human being. And I think that some of the scenes of him just cross the line a little bit in terms of having fun versus this is now a little bit awkward. Yeah, it's going to be mm. interesting. I mean, as you said, there's there's a, a lot of public affection for him, but I do know what you mean. Maybe that, that maybe what Gareth Sidira is a line is is probably spot on. I don't know, but the game itself, Stan, um, we're going to see a different side tonight. We were saying earlier on that uh, you know Rodri played last night, uh, Ake played on Wednesday in the Nations League, Cherbian um, Barella played, having played at the weekend, but none of the City boys, uh, maybe because of the celebrations from an England point of view, are going to start tonight. No, I mean, I think that it's fair to say, I mean, I usually get the team a little bit later on um, and I'll put that out on on, on social media. I, I would imagine Pickford will be in goal. Back four, Trippier, Gway, alongside Maguire, because obviously now John Stones, uh, Luke Shaw. The real debate is going to be the centre of midfield because Gareth, as a player and as a manager, likes a consistency down the spine. So if you're thinking of the spine of Pickford, Maguire, Rice broke Bellingham and Kane over the tournaments that he's he's been involved in. I just wonder whether Declan Rice now, having had his celebrations with West Ham, will play. But the, the re- that's the, this is the real speculation. Will Trent Alexander-Arnold play mm. to the right of Rice or right of a Henderson? Mm. Will Conor Gallagher play, um, who always, uh, as, as Andy knows, is, is, gives tremendous energy and effort. He's really liked by the England staff. Will Eze play as a number 10? England don't often play with a number 10. So midfield is the big area for me of where the changes will come. And then I think it will be a relatively familiar front three. I think Saka coming from the right, Harry Kane leading the line. And rumours in the newspapers today about James Madison potentially playing on the left. I don't see it because he doesn't play there for his club. Um, more likely, Marcus Rashford. But I think there'll be changes. With this. With no disrespect to, uh, to Malta, and to Manchester City celebrations, England should have and do have enough quality to be able to dispatch them. And I'll go even further and say, if we win the next three games, which will take us to the end of summer, well, mid-summer, end of summer, 9th of September. So Malta, North Macedonia, Ukraine, I think we've broke the back of the group and we've, we're have we almost, well, one and a half feet into the, uh, mm. the European Championships in Germany next year. Uh, let's have a chat about John Stones mm. the way he's been playing with City you're thinking it might be worth Gareth having a look at that from an England point of view yeah Gareth's played with a three three centre halves when we were looking less than comfortable with Stones and Maguire as a pairing we've played with a four and now tend to play with a four a little bit more with a little bit more confidence because we've got players like Rice and Bellingham in particular in midfield that are very very good at protecting a back four but I was so impressed. I mean, I think I said to you last week, sort of, you know, John Stone's Pete Beckenbauer, but his his ability to be able to take a step into midfield. And not only did he do that, I noticed that as soon as Kevin De Bruyne went off in the Champions League final, he wasn't happy with just taking a step from being a defender into an orthodox midfield position. He was getting forward into the right channel. He was getting forward and supporting forwards. You know, he's playing with a lot of confidence. So I think that when you look at a, a, a big tournament that England play in, where do we always fail? We always tend to fail 
by either not having a sturdy enough midfield or being tactically outthought in the area, classic number 10 area that the Italians or the Argentinians or the French manipulate, is that they get somebody on the ball that creates loads of havoc between the midfield and a, a defensive three or two. And that's where England's problems often come from in tournament football. So all of a sudden, you've got somebody that can step out from a three. You can have him alongside Rice and Bellingham and, and move beyond them or sit and let both of those players that have got goals in them, Declan Rice and Bellingham, certainly in the next stage of their career, whether it be at Real Madrid and, and Arsenal respectively, have more goals and more opportunity to create, is that England can have more tactical flexibility and utilise the talents of a man that, let's be honest, was almost a laughing stock in the way that a lot of England fans, I think unfairly, Manchester United fans unfairly got on Harry Maguire's back, uh, that is now playing with the kind of ability, the kind of confidence that we knew he had all along. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Stan Collymore's with us before we head back to Stan. Look, some other big stories from the week. Uh, John mm. Norman, of course, is uh, watching the first Ashes test at Edgbaston for us. And say we had a review a short while ago by the Aussies, uh, Johnny Bairstow. Yeah, first ball, actually, trapped on the pads by Josh Hazelwood. Uh, bowler didn't look that interested, actually, nor did the keeper. It was Steve Smith, um, who essentially seems to be captaining this side at times. <laughs> Um, who uh, really pushed for the real captain of Australia, Pat Cummins, to go for it. He did so with one second to go, but uh, he was always looking a little bit high, a bit leggy. So uh, Bairstow reprieve there, but, I mean, that's the angle of attack. Uh, when you're bowling to Johnny Bairstow, he does leave a little gap at times between bat and pad. Uh, a straight one uh, can be his undoing. At the other end, uh, Joe Root has moved on to 44. Beautiful uh, flick through mid-wicket in the last over. Uh, England seems to be reeling a little bit from those two quick wickets. 173 became 176 for five in a blink of an eye. But, uh, well, you wouldn't tell the Hollies stand that because they're still up on their feet and enjoying their cricket here in Birmingham where uh, England find themselves in that familiar rebuilding phase. Uh, they're 187 for five. Thanks very much, John. Uh, yes, as we said, Stan's with us. And mm. we're going to talk about the unwanted Stan. You, know, you put a little list together. Sancho, Havertz, Maguire, Barkley. You've been in this situation when, a, when you have a move and it doesn't quite work out. Yeah, and uh, with, it wouldn't be me if it wasn't the club that I supported as a kid where it went all uh, all wrong, would it? So, um, uh, career progression, excellent. Nottingham Forest banging in goals, left, right and centre. Get a, a British record transfer to Liverpool, one of the biggest clubs in the world. Really good partnership with Robbie Fowler. I think 100 and something goals and 35, 40 assists. Um, playing European football, getting to the latter stage of European club tournaments. Um, and then I, I made the move to Villa and I carry, you know, with, with me, there's a lot of personal stuff, um, well-reported stuff at the time um, in the background. And I thought that if I go to Aston Villa, this is my club and everything will be OK. And it wasn't. Um, and I think that it's it's really interesting to see the news reporting around Sancho, Havertz, Maguire, Barkley, because you do go from hero to zero very quickly. That's That was kind of what I was alluding to with the with a sort of greenish thing, but for very different reasons. I think that you give yourself realistically a season. I think that any professional footballer and any advice that I would give to, to young footballers, and, and I often speak to many, if it doesn't, if it really doesn't work for you in season one, if you're not hitting your um, performance indicators, scoring your goals, creating your chances, keeping your clean sheets, 
I think that that is a really telling sign. Um, uh, sometimes, particularly 15, 20, 30 years ago, it would take a season to bed in. Players now are very used to moving around continental Europe from different parts of the world. And it's exceptional, really, that they can do, they can hit the ground running, that cliche fa- uh, phrase, very, very quickly. Most players do. But I think that when I'm looking at the likes of Jaden Sancho, is it really going to happen for him at Manchester United? He's been there under Eric Ten Hag now, and he had a little bit of a spell. You know, Kai Havertz, Andy will have watched him often. I, I, I read a lot what Chelsea fans say, not fit for the Premier League, hasn't, hasn't done it for Chelsea. Perhaps should have gone a season or more ago. Harry Maguire, I think that in terms of Manchester United, he's damaged goods. I, mm. I don't think he's going to be able to turn around his, the perception of him as a stand-up um, British-type centre-forward. They want more bells and whistles, uh, Manchester United. And if Sheikh Jassim comes into the club, I'm sure they will. And Ross Barkley's the most interesting one, you know, touted to be the next Gascoigne, as many creative midfielders are. I saw him at Villa when, and he, and he was a big part of tearing Liverpool apart at Villa Park 7-2 a couple of seasons ago. But he had seven or eight good games. And now he's been, you know, Middlesbrough are interested, championship clubs are interested. I think that before you get to that stage where you really go down into the divisions or at the bottom of the Premier League, I think that particularly for players like Sancho Havertz and Maguire that have still got plenty of top flight, top level football to play, is that they need to make decisions much quicker and they need to make decisions that are beyond the financial. Because a lot of them, Paul and Andy, will look at it and say, I'm earning 250, 300 grand a week at insert Champions League S club and they'll stay. Sometimes you've got to go, like Jude Bellingham really spoke well and he said, I'm not here for the money, I'm here because this is Real Madrid. And I think that if those three in particular, Sancho, Havertz and Maguire have that attitude, they can still perform at the very highest level. There is nothing worse than being in a golden cage at a football club, earning wonderful money, but not being able to do what you do best. Interesting. I thought Sancho showed some signs towards the end of last season. I remember making a note that he could be one to watch next season under Ten Hag. I thought Ten Hag had handled him quite well, but, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was it was bits rather than anything sustained over 10, 15 games. But like you say, that's what the tease is with a lot of managers. Can you do it next season? All of a sudden, you've been at a club three years, and you've wasted three years. That if he goes back to Dortmund, which he's mooted, or goes to another club where he feels at the centre of things, he can do what we know uh, Jaden Sancho can do. So we're going to move on to Declan Rice. I mean, we've been talking earlier yeah, this on is a good to Mike McGrath <laughs> about the idea that City could be in the frame for him, maybe even Chelsea, but you've got other advice for him, Stan. Go to Bayern. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't buy the, the Arsenal fan. I, I don't hate any football club. I'm an Aston Villa fan, and I do not hate Birmingham City. So if I don't hate Birmingham City, I really don't hate Arsenal. Loved playing against them, marbled halls at Highbury and all of that. Loved it. Fantastic. The Invincibles. Right here, love, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't hate any any club. But I think it's a massive leap of faith on his part. He's just won silverware with West Ham. Will probably leave as a sort of club legend. Um, suggestions is it a bit of a homeboy. And then you look at somebody like Jude Bellingham, he's who's going to play with him for the next five, six, seven years for England, who's gone to Dortmund and then Real Madrid, really tested himself. Um Arsenal's best chance, in my opinion, 
And I'm happy to stand by my medium and long range opinions because most football fans say, we'll show you something where, you know, Declan Rice joins Arsenal at the beginning of the season, scores a hat-trick and go, there you go, Colin, Moore, you're wrong. <laughs> it's a longer take. Yeah, yeah. Is that I don't necessarily see the Arsenal three, four, five years hence competing for the Premier League. Why? Chelsea are going to get better. Manchester United are going to get better. Sheikh Jassim may walk into Manchester United and blow the roof off the Premier League, even in terms of what Manchester City can spend. Um, upwardly progressive clubs, you'd hope that yours might be in there, uh, Paul, in terms of Spurs, mm. Villa, uh, Brighton, will they kick on? I, I think that Arsenal's scrap is going to be to get into the top four, which would beg the question to me, if I'm Declan Rice, if Manchester City rumours are true, go to Manchester City, no-brainer. Um if it's Bayern Munich, go there, test yourself in a different country. Don't be a homeboy. Go and, and, and enjoy FC Hollywood. Uh, be a central part of a midfield, which you would think would get to the latter stages of the Champions League and win something every single year. Um, I don't buy into the Arsenal hype. That doesn't mean that what they've done isn't exceptional. Got some fantastic young players. But I think that more than more likely that Declan Rice is winning things with Arsenal in the next year, two or three years. I think we'll be having a conversation, God willing, that Saka, Martinelli that have signed longer term contracts will be taken by Real Madrid, Barcelona, Manchester City, Manchester United. I think that that option is is way more likely than Declan Rice captaining Arsenal Football Club to glory in the next three or four years. We'll see. Interesting. I think the fact that United have the deal hasn't gone through yet does hamper them a bit because if they got Mount, that will put them in pole position to get Rice. If they've got those two, that would be a good signing for them, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, I don't think it's going to be done before the start of the season. That's the latest news. So, <clears throat> And finally, Stan, just a, a, a quick one on kit rip-offs. You're not impressed. No, many, many times when we were running that bath with Saggers many moons ago, um, <laughs> we would talk about sort of grassroots um, issues and have rousing topics and debates. And kits came up every year. If you remember, in the early 2000s, um, the Premier League sort of nominally adopted the change of a kit every two years. Why? Lots of complaints from parents from people saying look this is just getting ridiculous on top of our season ticket little johnny naturally wants the home kit the away kit the third kit the special anniversary kit and it's costing an arm and a leg and i just think that genuinely in a cost of living crisis the premier league by uh, if they're not tone deaf mm. they would turn around and say we will now adopt this policy formally that every kit uh, is has to last two seasons. I went on Spurs' um, website only because they were the first ones to, to really drop their kit in the Premier League. 145 quid for the Harry Kane elite shirt, 100 for the normal shirt, 40 for the shorts, 18 for the socks. So if you have the elite shirt, the regular shorts and the regular socks, that's £203. And I just think it's too much every year. You know, it's £1,000 over a four or five-year cycle. Mm. That's without the away kit. That's without the retro kit that is becoming more popular now. That's without your food and beverage when you go to the game and the other merchandising. And I think that the Premier League, as guardians of the world's biggest sporting league, could argue the NBA or NFL is up there, is that I think it's their responsibility to look at cost for things that don't have to cost quite as much as they do and they don't have to be changed every single year. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I've been asking you today about... 
Those little things in life you just like to try out. They're mm. not the big bucket list things oh, for the back of Erling Haaland. Basically, uh, pr- making his own ice cream from the machine in the mm. ice cream van, pulling that lever, doing the twirling of the cornet of the cone. I've always quite fancied that. I organise an ice cream van for work, says uh, Tom from Manchester, and he let me get in the van and use the machine. What a day! You've <laughs> you've lived my dream, Tom. Well done. Um, uh, yes, uh, thanks for those. We'll squeeze a few more in if we can a little bit later on. But we're going to look at a bit of non-sporting mm. telly now. Uh, if you if you can squeeze some in this weekend around the football, the cricket, the golf, then Mike Ward, Brighton Hove Albion fan from the start, is the man to mark your card. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, guys. So we're going to kick off with Black Mirror. Yes, uh, a new series, series six of uh, of Black Mirror. Charlie Brooker's uh, um, sort of what do we call it anthology mm. standalone stories of a sort of largely sort of futuristic or, or or of technology running rampant in various bizarre ways. I love these because I do like things where you could just sit down and watch something brilliant that lasts an hour and then it's done. You know, you yeah. don't have to mm. follow plots or characters for months on end. Uh, but they're beautifully written and they're, they're as ever with all these series uh, with the previous five series. He's got a great cast, and he's got totally separate ideas. Each story is uh, couldn't be more different from the last. So you've got one, for example, which I think possibly my favourite. It's called Joan is Awful, and it's about it's about a woman played by uh, Annie Murphy, who comes home one day to discover that when she switches on uh, her streaming TV service, a service which looks uncannily like something uh, we we all recognise, hmm. um, she finds a TV drama. It's playing out her life almost minute by minute as it's happening through that day. So it's very bizarre, and Salma Salma Hayek plays her in this. If I say too much, it gives away the 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 Mm. the plot. But it's her life unravels because, of course, you know her her husband who's sitting there watching this discovers parts of things about his wife that she gets up to when he's not around, and all kinds of stuff like that. So uh, the other thing with these stories is that Mm. because they're, they're, they're normally focused on just two or three characters you know you get very very absorbed it's very focused on one journey one trajectory of the plot as it goes along so you're not having to figure out you know various different you know things that are twists and turns going on it's just very atmospheric and and very um immersive you you make a good point there because i recently watched for her sins which i thought was good but we watched the first one Mm. and i could tell the way it was going and i said to my wife i think why don't we just miss out the second and third one (laughs) because we know all it's going to be is making their life much much worse yeah and we watched the last one it was Perfect. I said we didn't need to watch the middle two. <laughs> There's a lot of that. I have I have yeah. what I've, I have what I call a, 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 a fifteen and five process when I watch a lot of TV. Which is, I watch the first fifteen minutes, I get the idea, and then I fast forward about an hour for the last five because the rest is <laughs> just padding most of the time. Isn't it? There is so, an element of that. So give away the trade secret. Are they available from today, Mike? All of so, these? Is it the is it the black? Uh, uh, Black Mirror arrived yesterday. Right, okay. Uh, today, the mm. Grand Tour, the latest Grand Tour um, uh, special, Euro Crash, it's called. Mm. Uh, obviously, Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May. This time, driving through Central Europe. A lot of it's very familiar. They're driving mm. ridiculous cars, which, of course, go haywire in all sorts of ways. But there's a funny bit. It's got nothing to do with cars. They stop off in in Krakow in, in Poland, where they visit the world's, what looks like the world's worst wax museum and they are just the the the, the, the wax uh, 
have done this are so ludicrously bad yeah. that they're in stitches and just watching it you're in stitches as well mm. the Donald Trump is a particular triumph you can't beat a bad waxwork I know it is it is hilarious unintentional hilarity is always the always always the best so yeah, yeah it's good stuff so uh, that's on uh, Prime Video uh, on a new sitcom tonight on BBC One 9.30 Catherine mm. Tate sitcom it's quite an odd premise this isn't it it is yes it's very odd she plays a character called Princess Georgiana she's basically the black sheep of a fictional British royal family who gets exiled to Australia and told that she must be the Queen of Australia it's a way to get her to buck her ideas up and to sort of put her sort of shabby past behind her but she's obviously an embarrassment and a a disgrace and a bit of a loose cannon and it's not necessarily (laughs) clear that this is going to be a terribly good idea it feels as I I read somebody else saying this as well but it feels very much in places like a sketch that's been dragged out a wee bit Um, but there are moments also of 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 that of of humour which r- remind me of the best parts of when she was doing this you know her, her sketch series fifty I don't know fifteen odd years ago something like mm. that uh, so it, it works quite it's just patchy it feels like it's, it's it's not a bad idea and it could be you know have more substance to it but it feels it needs to sort of be worked through a bit more before it you know comes to air okay nine thirty tonight BBC One over on mm. the Celebrity Goggle Box new lineup of celebs at ten o'clock mm. Channel Four yes absolutely working their way through through um, uh, the latest stuff Davina McCorner and her partner Michael mm. Douglas Catherine Ryan and her husband Bobby. Rob Beckett and Tom Allen and various. I'm not going to read the list. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, um, but yes. Um, you know what they watch, do? They watch telly, don't they? They watch telly. Yeah. yeah. They're always, I always think with the celebrity one, they're always aware, aware of the world in which they operate. So mm. I always, you know, although it's mm. great to see the celebs having a little dig at stuff, they're never going to go as far as members of the public who've got nothing to lose if they sort of slag something off in a rather cruel way. So yeah. uh, there is that sort of reservation. Uh, tomorrow morning, 10.30 BBC One, if you're not pomp and circumstance out, if you still yes. like a military brass mm. band after the coronation, um, it's Trooping the Colour. Yeah, King's one of the one of the King's birthdays. So, mm. uh, so uh, yeah, June the 17th, obviously. Uh, his real birthday is November the 14th. I know that because it's my sister's birthday. Oh, what about yeah. There you go. So I always remember one. to send him a card because I have to, you know, and do it through I, the moon. I've been in Clinton's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's true. I've been enjoying Staged, finally. I thought that was very... Yeah. That's Michael Sheen and yeah. uh, David Tennant. Yeah. So what I'm really enjoying very at the moment, amazing. Mike, if you don't have yes. a recommendation for what it's worth, is the Gallows Poll, the Shane Meadows I oh, drama. I haven't watched that. tried it the other day. It's got, you've got such an odd beginning. You've got to stick with it. You have got to stick with it. Yeah. It's quite a very atmospheric first five minutes and I can understand understand why you think we're not sure about this but you should stick with it it's how long for um well i'm i'm in I'm, i've just watched episode two and i'm really really enjoying it it's okay. uh, if you like shane meadow stuff it's yeah this is england and dead yeah. man's shoes and stuff but oh, okay. the dialogue what's the you get into the dialogue certainly with the main character david and his yeah. the, the, mm. the girly jilted grace there's some really funny stuff in it it's very funny and very atmospheric and well i'm enjoying it anyway i know uh, that you, you have you have actually sold it to me and i know it sounds it sounds a bit sort of pretentious but great dialogue is 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 quite rare yeah. on TV. It's so, so in great dramas have terrible, stilted, yeah. unrealistic dialogue at the time, and that can well, it's not. Alone, it's not all forsooth because it's set in the early eighteen no, hundreds. No, but the, the dialogue yeah, is, and, yeah. and it's very sparkly, and a yeah. lot of it feels like it's probably. 
yeah. you know, uh, they're kind of doing it on on the hoof. Some of it, anyway. It's excellent. Yeah, yeah. They've worked it up collectively. So I recommend that. And Vanderbilt's back on uh, yeah. Sunday night. Mark Warren. Um, yeah, they could change the music, or is it still the same? I haven't music? watched this one. I'll be honest. I just put <laughs> okay. it on there because there's not a lot else on over the weekend. There's yeah. news, but if you're a fan of this, I, I, I struggled with it. If I'm yeah, honest, first yeah. time around, because I kind of think what makes it special. Um, Eight yeah. o'clock Sunday ITV. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon show. We'll do it all again on uh, Monday. Myself and Andy. Do hope you can join us then. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the cricket and the football tonight here on Talk Sport. Mm. Yes, and uh, we'll catch up with you Monday at 1. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.